You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Title of my message is In God We Trust. So it's funny because when I started this preaching series a while ago, God said, you're going to preach on three things. Well, I only got to preach on one of them. And then, you know, it was over as we know it. What's amazing, I did preach on uh, just the discipleship of family. And my last time I was actually in the pulpit, I preached on a book that messed me up. And I'm telling you that so much of us, if we could just apply the principles, think, think of ourselves right now, no matter how old you are right now, think of us in the year 20, uh, 2050. It's exactly 30 years from today. And what will we look like? How many kids will we have? And what will we be saying to our children? Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's so important. It takes discipleship. What are the things that we're imparting? So my girl will be 37. My boy will be 35. Dear Lord, that's so weird to think about. My youngest one will be 32. But what will I have decided today to infuse in my kids that they're going to turn out to be world changers in that age bracket? And so as on that same theme, I was like, man, because that was... Three things I've learned during this time. Family is everything. And no matter what your thoughts are around that, I was like, man, it's made me realize that I'm going to make some changes in my life because of my kids and my wife. They're everything. When I said family is everything, the only one that gave me a dirty look was my mom. (laughs) Because I haven't seen her in eight months. (laughs) But it still holds true. How I raise my kids matter. And in that season of how I raise my kids, during this season, what I've really enjoyed is just watching. I saw the Weatherford start Man Academy. He was all about his boy. I saw Tim and Linda Smith, and I saw Tim pouring into his boy who's here today. And I saw, I, I saw pre whatever we call this thing now. Tim Smith, and I see post, whatever that thing is, Tim Smith, and it makes me just want to be like, I want to go hug him, even with one arm. And you probably still take me down. You know it's serious during COVID when you're bench pressing and you rip your peck off your bone. I was like, what kind of man does that? Tim Smith. That's some serious. Second thing I've learned is how I pray matters. My faith is everything. Where I let my mind water, wander matters. Who I put around me matters. The people I let speak into my life matter. The things I allow to be said out of my mouth and out of other people's, it matters. And I'm telling you right now today, really what I'm going to focus on is that part of it, that faith is everything. Because I preached on the family discipleship portion last time and I felt like God was just saying, no, 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 you need to wash my congregation to renew their mind to hit a reset today so when you walk out of here you're infused with an injection of boldness an injection of courage getting rid of the what i call you know you get slimed out in the world and i used to love it because you know what i would come to church and i do the morning service and i feel like worship knocked all the filth off and then i'd stay for another service and i'd get 
you know, soaked in the word, and I walk out of here going, let's go. And then Monday would happen. Bam! You used to get slapped by somebody Monday. And then I had Tuesday morning prayer. So then I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. Thank goodness for my boys. Tuesday morning prayer. And then I'd be able to crush the rest of the week. And I realized that, man, during this time, I just kept getting a film layer. You know, it's like that layer on your teeth that gets nasty. And even when you, when you brush your teeth, you still go to kiss your wife. She goes, you nasty. You know, it's like, wow, wow, that's some mouthwash you bought me. Well, it doesn't work. Give me a kiss anyways. You said committed. But then I realized, man, all this time, like I, we kind of went out to our river house and buckled down. My wife stayed out there for five months and we did life with some friends. I would say they were, they were my, they were my friends, but it's amazing when we quarantined together with five couples, we met Steve and Shannon, it's number six, but we quarantined with five couples and we did life and they were all from our church and it was amazing. I'd come back and I was still working, but my family stayed out there, but to see the difference of who I was around, I realized I was separated. And I stayed with these five couples that were encouraging, loving. We didn't let what the world was saying get us down. And I would come back and still work. But I was like, whoa, I'm anchored with other believers that are encouraging. Where I saw other people that I did church with that didn't have the right relationships and they started folding like deck chairs. And I realized that they started to get dis discouraged. They started to get anxious and they would try to get those infusions you know, on Zoom prayer. And I was like, ah. Oh. I showed up for the first Tuesday morning just saying, I wonder who's gonna show up. Yeah. And we named them Team Delta. And exactly 33 mighty men showed up to that first Delta. And we held prayer, and I felt like we were holding down the fort for the church. And I you could feel the warfare. But thank goodness that God started to reveal things to me, and that's what I'm gonna share with today because I want us to get an infusion of just some scripture that I think is so important right now for such a time as this. What are we gonna do for moving out? We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds it. And I think that's so important that if you know and you understand who the king is, we're going to be just fine. But that doesn't mean we're not going to walk stuff out. doesn't mean we're going to have to deal with stuff. We're going to have to know where's your faith at? What's it look like? What's tomorrow going to hold? What are you going to allow your mind to think about? What are you going to allow your mind to meditate on? And there's certain things that I hope we can do. I was encouraged by this story that I wanted to start off with. George Washington... Uh, I was reading the story and I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because I really want to believe when I say no weapon formed against me will prosper. I don't want to just say it because it's a Christian. He's, you know, good spiritual prayer. Like no weapon formed against me will prosper. Except that one. Except that one. <laughs> that one. Oh my God, it's slippery up here. No, no. I want to mean it like I want to walk in boldness. I may have just strained my groin. That's fine. I'm going to be fine. I don't know why I do that every time I preach, but I didn't rip my pants, so that's a good sign. But on July 9th, 1755, this is before there was freedom established in America during the French and Indian War. George Washington, he was a colonel at the time, was 23 years old. And the story goes on to say that 
he was uh, fighting with the British and they were going down and it was the French and Indians against the Brits. And what happened was they pretty much took him out because the British army, they just knew how to stand straight and fire. We got all these Indians and French that were hiding behind trees, taking him out. And there was 1,300 troops and 714 of them were smashed within that first day of fighting. Only 30 French and Indians had been shot at the time. So get this. The next day, so George Washington, all the other officers were taken out and killed. George Washington was the only officer still on his horse. He went back the next day and he wrote a letter to his family explaining after the battle was over, he had taken off his jacket and found four bullet holes through it. Yet not a single bullet had touched him. Several horses had been shot from under him but he had not been harmed. And he would get on another colonel's horse and keep riding, keep riding. Four of his horses were taken out and killed, but he'd get off, jump on another horse, and he kept going up and down that ravine in Pennsylvania. See, you can go, wow, he was protected by all human things possible, but this is what I love. Washington openly acknowledged that God's hand was upon him, that God had protected him and kept him through that battle. However, the story does not stop there. 15 years later, 1770, still before our own freedom, by the way, which was 1776. Now a time of peace, George Washington, a close personal friend, Dr. James Crank, returned to those same Pennsylvania woods. An old Indian chief from far away heard that Washington was coming back to those woods, traveled a long way to meet him. He sat down with Washington face to face over a council fire. The chief told Washington that he had been a leader in that very battle 15 years earlier and that he had instructed his braves to single out all the officers and shoot them down. Washington had been singled out and the chief explained that he had personally had shot Washington 17 different times but without effect. Believing Washington to be under the care of the great spirit, the chief instructed his braves to cease firing at him. He then told Washington, I have traveled a long and weary path that I might see the young warrior of the great battle. I come to pay homage to the man who is the particular favorite of heaven and who can never die in battle. Makes me understand Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who or what can stand against us? Come on. I'm telling you, it makes it more interesting to understand what we're really fighting for today. And it's not our battle against the flesh, it's against spiritual things. So how are we spiritually? How's our inventory spiritually? How's the charge on our spirit of our soul? I'm telling you, if we don't get infused with faith, the enemy can and will take you out. You'll be discouraged. You could just wake up a little bit numb in your spirit, but that numbing is what God wants to wake us up from. Awaken church is why we're here, to awaken those that need that infusion. Even, I mean, the warfare is ridiculous. Our San Marcos location was supposed to be open. We need the believers, the prayer warriors to be praying that everything, every permit comes in, every worker shows up, every timeline is met, that we can't sit back and just say, oh yeah, they said they'd give it to us. No, no, no. We got to battle and press in. A building on a freeway, one of the busiest freeways in San Diego County, you think the enemy just wants to give it to us? It has been a battle. 
but we're committed. We got to fight for it. My third point was the other three things I've learned during this time is how important freedom is. And I'm not going to talk about it today, but I want you to go YouTube and please watch this. An urgent call to love your neighbor is what it is. And it's Pastor Rob McCoy. He, he preached it last week. God downloaded this thing to him, a revelation of why church is essential. Basically, he's been open since Pentecost Sunday. Radical things are happening. Radical things. So we drove up there last weekend. And I'm telling you, you could ask my wife, you know, I cried like daddy's little girl for 35 of the 45 minutes. And I think it was just so emotional to see a man preach the gospel with such faith. And I was just there, man, what's wrong with me? And I was just like, man, it was my soul being healed. Holy Spirit later revealed is you've been taking too many arrows in your own strength. I need you to cast your cares on me. Quit burdening you. I build the church. You just love my kids. You just love my kids. And I'm telling you, I felt overwhelmed by joy. That's why I was crying. I was in a place where I was getting fused, and I was like, I can't wait till next Sunday. And I'm experiencing, I'm like, I could bust out in tears right now, but I won't. I won't. I won't. My wife handed me a straw and told me to suck it up, so I have been. But I am going to preach in a couple weeks on 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. So you guys can start going to do a little 2 Timothy 2 study if you want. And I'm gonna roll in some Acts chapter nine when Saul had an encounter with Jesus and it changed his life forever and he flipped the world upside down and wrote 28% of the New Testament with one encounter with Jesus from a total rebel that hated Christians, persecuting Christians, and his number one purpose in life was to get out and mess them up. He was the Antifa of his day, but he had one encounter. And I'm telling you, one encounter is all it takes to get your life totally set up on a different track. So I'll be preaching on the teacher, the student, and the purpose. But I want you to get everything in alignment the right way. How many know I think alignment matters? So you got to watch that urgent call to love your neighbor. Because the one thing that they're saying is, oh, if you do this sort of thing, you don't really love your neighbor. Right. You're being reckless. You're being careless. And I want you to hear it firsthand. I couldn't do it justice. And I want you to listen to it with ears and a heart to hear what loving your neighbor really looks like. And it's a beautiful thing. I, I've watched it numerous times. But I'd been doing this study because I realized that during this time, how as a church, how as a people do we be strong? What is it? Why did, why did the Bible just in the Old Testament talk about being strong over 40 times? And I'm just going to read some scripture and give you 10 of them because I want to infuse strength on the inside of you, what be strong looks like from a biblical perspective because this could be just the beginning. This could be who knows what until November. It doesn't, like, we just have to know we're not going to back up. We're going to stand firm. But I need believers that know how to pray, that know how to be strong, and that leave encouraged. Yeah. Some of you forgot how to get up and give God a shout, but that's all right. We'll get back to it. Feel bad. Some of, my, some of my South Campus representatives going, North is a little quiet and proper. We're still breaking it off, people. 
you know. We'll start doing the Latina dance soon enough. Come on. <laughs> but in Deuteronomy 31.6, the Bible says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. And he will not leave you or forsake you. In Joshua 1.9, And if one hits your spirit, then write it down. Whatever one triggers you, hold on to that anchor. The word of God is alive, and if it gets in you, you start to resonate on a different level. I need to calibrate on a cellular level. The couple things that broke my heart is when a great friend who's, who's worked with me for about 15 years called because his son overdosed. Not because he wanted to kill himself. He just could not handle the second closure of the gym. And so he was so discouraged. He was on church doing his awakened party. That night, took a rib roast home with him. And then he just couldn't handle it because he got the word that the gym shut down a second time. And he was six months sober in our awakened program, recovery. And one bad hit, a heroin with fentanyl in it, took his life. It was that phone call that gave me a righteous anger to fight a little bit harder, to start swinging. And addiction is a real thing, and the enemy loves to try to use insecurity, addiction, the whispers of the voice, you'll never overcome it, you'll never get through it. But I'm telling you, when you get this stuff on the inside of you, it gives you a little fire. And if I can get an entire movement of fired up people that know how to pray, that know how to put their foot down, that know how to stand and pray for those people, when that insecurity comes or that devil's voice comes, they know how to smash back. It's like, you know, training for the MMA. Why do you work out? Just to look pretty or actually do something? Come on. Come on. Why are you coming up so early? What's your problem? What's your problem? Wow, I see what you're doing. I'm going to go faster. Wow, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. I haven't even started preaching yet. What is wrong with you people? Wow, First Chronicles 28.20. Wow. And David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. That's discipleship. Do not fear my son, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. Could you imagine your dad telling you that? Could you imagine Solomon going, dude, my dad took down Goliath. He whooped his tail with a rock. Matter of fact, he wasn't even that good, as the Bible says, with his sling. He probably would have missed, but I love <laughs> Pastor Rob was saying, yeah, he probably just slung that thing, and then the warrior angel came and grabbed it. <laughs> grabbed that rock and... I loved it. Such a good description. Second Chronicles 15, 7. And the Spirit of the Lord said, But you, be strong, and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. My friend, during this whole thing, he called me and said he wanted me to pray for him. He had a $50,000 investment that he got asked to make, but he was nervous about it. We prayed. I heard a whisper, and I said, I felt like God said, do it. So he invested 50,000, got 20% of the company, and he called me two weeks ago, like a kid in a candy store. And he says, you won't believe it, Dr. Matt. That thing that you prayed and agreed with that thing, and I sewed into it, and I just got a $14 million check. And I said immediately, my address is 11228. The guy's mind's blown. That's why we need wise counsel. That's why we need prayer. And that's why it says, but yet be strong. He had all these insecurities, doubts, a couple of his friends calling him a fool. 
Say, why would you invest in that? Second Chronicles 15, seven. That's a word spoken. Isaiah 35, four. Say to those who are fearful hearted, this is your charge. Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the re recompense of God. He will come and save you. Daniel 10, 19. And he said, O oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong, yes, strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And he said, let my Lord speak. Speak again, Lord, for you have strengthened me. What are you listening to? 1 Corinthians 16, 13, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Ephesians 6, 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then goes on to verse 11. What, how do you do that practically? Put on the full armor. And a lot of you know that. But then my question is, we know a lot of things that sit on our shelves. Are we doing the things that we know we should be doing? We gotta be careful. You know, it's easy to get on social media and get sucked into arguments. It's easy to get on social media and start like, man, snap. I snapped the other day, repented 32 seconds later and took my aunt's name off the post. <laughs> I get it. I wasn't walking in wisdom and I, I reacted. Thank goodness my cousin called me out and goes, really? And I said, yeah, that was stupid, I'm sorry. But now it encouraged her so much because she couldn't believe I fell on my sword that it reignited a relationship with my cousin. Wanted to hear my opinion. She told me she respected me, wants to hear it. We weren't even talking, but now we, what the enemy meant for division, God's gonna bless if I did the right thing. leave you with these two but in 2nd Timothy 2 1 be strong in grace you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus no engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier and also if anyone competes in athletics. He's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and let the Lord give you understanding in all things. As I did a study on understanding, it's a thing as a church, like we could get caught up in why is this happening, why is this happening? And what I love in Philippians 4, 7, and it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus. But I love the verse before that. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead pray about everything, and God will show you what you need. But what happens is when you let that anxious thought come in and you start to meditate on anxiousness, that's where the door of fear can open. Fear can be an emotion in a moment, save your life, you know, don't go too close. Maybe don't drive your motorbike as fast as Caesar. It's not wisdom. He's trained in it, you're not. Maybe you should get a little fear. But when you sit and you work on anxiousness and don't give it to God, that's where the spirit of fear comes. And I've busted a lot of things with the spirit of fear off lately. 
and I know there's a lot of men that know how to pray. But even my mighty warriors would come to men's prayer, and the first thing is we got to bust that spirit of fear off because they cannot lead your family well. You can't lead your friendships well. So how do we do it? we got to trust God, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's that word again. And neat, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And when you understand, you know the character of God, which I'm not going to get into. But the one thing I will tell you to do for practicality is erosion control. After there's a fire, they plant trees. Firefighters go back. They have people that plant trees. That's erosion control. And I want to tell you, Galatians 5.22, how do we not let fear back in? Make sure we're operating in the, in the spirit of joy, love, peace, long-suffering. These are the fruits of the spirit. This is erosion control for you, your family, your friends. No matter what comes against you, what are the fruit of the spirit? Are you letting anger shut you down? Or are you overcoming it with peace on your spirit? I'm telling you, the enemy wants to tick you off, to start spewing hatred, to start hurting people, because hurt people hurt people. But if we can get the fruit of the Spirit, that can be an erosion control in our life. Don't give up. Ask God for guidance, direction, strength to persevere. As a church, we're not going to allow what the world says to trigger us. We're going to lean in. That's why I love Pastor Jurgen. Where the world is getting rattled, Pastor Jurgen's gone more to prayer. The church, he said, we got to go prayer and fasting 40 days made some sacrifices. He goes, I'm not going to care what the other world, what the world is doing. I care what the Holy Spirit's leading us to do. Hence, it's church on Sunday. There's three things, physical power, mental power, and spiritual power. The spiritual power is your foundation. If you don't have spiritual power, you'll lose mental power, which will affect your health, which is your physical power. Your spiritual power is everything from what you do when we leave here today. It does matter what you're eating spiritually. Are you coachable? And I'm going to pray for some people. 1 Peter 5 says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You know where Peter learned that in the Bible? He learned it from King David. He had a mentor in the Bible. King David said this in Psalms 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. What I love about Peter, he had a mentor because he was reading the word and that was King David. And he went on to re-preach it. So when you get a word from heaven, who are you going to pour it into? We all need to be coached by somebody who's praying for us. But then who are you praying for? Because if you learn it, you don't own it till you can do it. I know a lot of people that receive prayer. But I don't want you just to receive it. I want you to be the conduit to it. Come on, church. Listen, if you could just all bow your heads due to time. We couldn't even get into it. But I do want to pray for some people today. So with all your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And then I'm going to ask the ministry team to come down. 
We're going to open up this altar. And I want to let you know, it's okay. There's no judgment if you've been discouraged, if you've been anxious. The devil's a liar. I've watched many good men do dumb things. I'm one of them. But Jesus loves us so much, he's like, from the east to the west, I forget those things. And it's amazing if we can learn to do that with our friends. Can we still love them? Even Judas was on God's, Jesus' discipleship team. And Jesus knew everything. Can we allow a Judas in our life to love them, pray with them? If you've been offended or discouraged or set back, I'm believing right now the Holy Spirit's just softening your heart. If you once went to church and then this happened and you just shut down completely, just went to the world due to whatever reason, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just calling you home right now. Man, I love people, but I'm telling you, Jesus loves you 10x, 100x, 500x more than I could ever even wrap my head around it. I'm just waiting. I'm letting the Holy Spirit just hover on some hearts right now just to soften them. And I'm telling you, there's marriages I'm believing are going to be restored. There's some relationships with family right now that this has been straining right now is going to be restored. I see some physical ailments being healed right now in the name of Jesus. We've been doing Wednesday nights and we had a man that was just healed, his shoulder was healed, he gave his testimony. There was a healing. God's deal heals today. But if you're far from God and you feel like your heart's getting a little faster and you feel like, man, would you hurry up and get out of here? I want to leave. I need a cupcake. If that's you, that's just God tugging on your heart. He's saying, come home, son. Come home, daughter. Nothing you could do could separate him from the love that he has for you right now. If that's you and you know that's you, I'm not going to call you down, but I am going to ask that you raise your hand so I can pray for you right now. If you feel God just nudging on your heart, that you want to give your heart to Jesus, I see that hand, both those hands, all three of those hands up top. Who else is there? See, what the enemy means to pull you away from the house, God stirs your spirit to come back to the house. So many negative connotations. Listen, Jesus didn't come to die on a cross to start another religion. He came to get his kids back. That's it. Eternity's on the line. He's going to fight for you. He's not giving up on you. Who is there? I feel like there's one or two more that I'm pressing on. And I'm going to shove it to the devil today. You will not be intimidated. Come on, okay, we got more up there. Thank you. Come on, I feel one more stirring in my spirit. Where is it? Your heart's like you're having this back and forth. Oh my gosh, will you shut up? Yep, thank you, Lord, right there. It's worth the fight. Heaven's on the line. More hands are up. Come on. Listen, as a church, let's all stand to our feet. Listen, I know some of you, I'm going to pray right now for those of you who raised their hand. 
we're gonna say this prayer as an entire church. And then I'm gonna open up this altar and I want you to come down. We have, if you raise your hand, we have a Bible. We wanna give it to you in a book called Following Jesus. It's Next Steps, it's a devotional. It's like talks about baptism, power of the Holy Spirit, talks about all the things. It's like the cliff notes to the Word of God. And we wanna equip you with both those. So please come get a copy. But if those of you that are feeling anxious, I also want you to come down to get prayer. Those of you that have had been tripped up or beat on or you just got something going on, you need a, just some prayer of encouragement. I want you to come down after I'm praying. The rest of you, don't forget your kids, okay? I know you're gonna go out there, you get a cup of coffee, you're gonna have a cupcake, your sugar's gonna spike, you're gonna go, oh my gosh, and an hour later, you'll think of your kids. So listen, I wanna release my kids here so they can come party with us. So make sure you grab them. But let's all pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I repent today, and I give you my heart. Lord, I ask you to show me the way. I thank you for what you're about to do in my life. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.